Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Hey guys, welcome to WCW Retro. I'm your host of the evening, Papa Stro, the Meister of Wrestling. Great to have you guys with us. And tonight's a very special night. It's the Undertaker night. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, career and some of the greatest moments of the Undertaker's career here tonight. And if you would like to uh, call in anytime during tonight's live WCW Retro podcast to talk to the Undertaker and give your favorite Undertaker moment memory, you can do so at 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. And let's talk to The Undertaker tonight. And we'll be talking about The Undertaker plus more wrestling news, as always, through WCB Retro. And before we get to the callers tonight and talk Undertaker and more, I'd like to make a few announcements, if you will, while I'm on here. Um, first off, uh, shout out to uh, Masters of Ring Entertainment, mastersofringentertainment.com. Fishing with Special Friends at fishingwithspecialfriends.com. Uh, Cauliflower Alley Club. Find out what they're up to at uh, caulifloweralleyclub.org, R-R-G. Um, a shout out to all the great podcasts we got here on viewsonation.com. Uh, check it out today's dates and times of your favorite viewsonation.com podcast. Also, Support us on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash VOC Nation. Get your favorite VOC Nation shirt, including one of WCW Retro and yours truly, Pop Stro, Four Faces of Stro. Uh, buy my merch uh, at TheStro.com slash merchandise, and you can see a link to my Teespring, which I got Papa Ween merch on sale right now for the month of October, and plus more merch on sale. Um, if you'd like to make a donation to yours truly, buy me a cup of coffee, tips, etc., and thank you for those that were donated. Uh, feel free to do so 
uh, at paypal.me, Mary East, neat slash papastro. All together, it's paypal.me slash papastro. Thank you in advance for your support. I have a GoFundMe up now. You can check out. Uh, I've, I've put up rec- as of recently uh, to help with like uh, medical expenses for uh, being sick. Being sick a few months ago, plus other health complications I was dealing with at the time, uh, paying medical bills for that, and you know transportation with work and everything. But uh, if you'd like to go to the gun fund me, just uh, hit me up. Strofforia at yahoo.com is my email for bookings as well. Stro number four ya at yahoo.com for bookings for film, TV, uh, endorsement seminars, autograph signings, comic cons, uh, motivational speaking, uh, stand-up comedy. Uh, uh, charities, birthday parties, interviews, uh, the whole nine. I do a lot these days. So if you'd like to book your truly pop a show for your event, email me, strofoya at yahoo.com. Strofoya at yahoo.com. Thank you for your support. That can be a special guest in the upcoming episode of WCW Retro. Hit me up as well, wcwretro at yahoo.com, and let's get you some exposure. We will hear in the podcast. Um, also, uh, social media roundup. Uh, the store.com is my official website. Um, the store.com slash merchandise is my merchandise website. Uh, Facebook at Facebook at uh, Stro the Maestro, my Facebook, uh, Instagram at Stro Maestro. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys, at uh, youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Real Papa Stro. At that, uh, upcoming films. Uh, hybrid will be premiering at, uh, in Virginia um, first weekend in November. Also, first weekend in November will be uh, debuting uh, Stro Sinister Cinema. You can go to facebook.com slash Stro Sinister Cinema. Each letter starts with S, Stro Sinister Cinema. So, um, looking for that. Also, be looking out for Hunter the Last Line. It'll be coming out soon as well. Uh, a little horror short. And... Um, tomorrow night on uh, my Facebook, uh, official Facebook page, uh, Stro, the, the Maestro, uh, will be another edition of the Stro Zone, my horror sci-fi show, and tomorrow night's feature will be The Wolfman, so, uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Um, also, uh, I'll be at Lion's Eye Games this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Sign autographs uh, for the Halloween pop swap. So, uh, if you guys in Jacksonville, North Carolina, Saturday, come by and see me. I'll be there from 10 to 5, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Lions Eye Games store, the Halloween pop swap in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So, looking forward to seeing you guys there. Um, next week, next Saturday, actually, I'm going to be at. Uh, the WNC Comic Con in Fletcher, North Carolina, uh, near Asheville. Looking forward to that as well. So you know, my fans are in Asheville. Uh, should be a good time, for sure. Uh, especially it being Halloween week and all that. So yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, yes, lots of stuff going on. Um, and tonight's the Undertaker night. So if uh, you got any cool Undertaker stories and memories you'd like to share. Tonight, uh, hit me up. Call. Call the show, 914-338-1885. Once again, it's 914-338-1885. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this for sure. All right. So with that, let's see. The Undertaker, man, what a career this guy's had uh, over the years. Uh, I mean, uh, I know some of you guys have seen the uh, interview he did with Steve Austin, which was 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 pretty amazing. Uh, the story about breaking into business with uh, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer was uh, pretty interesting, and <laughs> and you know, in his early days, is uh, Mark Calloway, me and Mark Calloway. And uh, and in his history, you know, with uh, the Godfather, you know, over the over the years, like it, it's like uh, years back, uh, it was funny because uh, the Godfather was almost doing a, a similar persona, with the Soul Taker, uh, being friends with uh, Mark, aka the Undertaker. So it's it's funny how things worked out with that. Uh, but uh, what a storied career Undertaker has had. Um, it's faced the best of the best. Uh, he's been a locker room leader. He's helped so many stars become stars over the years. Um, uh, one of the greatest big men of all time. Uh, uh, he truly is the phenom. I mean, he's, he's incredible. And uh, what a run he has had in the wrestling industry. Um, and uh, and for, for a number of years, he had an undefeated streak at WrestleMania, which was amazing. Um, some of the some classic matches, no doubt. Um, and, and like in the process, even able to create more stars than the deal. And, and even to this day, I mean, uh, his presence is just felt, I mean, not just in wrestling, but beyond in the whole entertainment industry. I mean, he's become a, uh, a social icon, if you will, the undertaker. So, uh, yeah, this is, it's, it's incredible incredible career he's had but if you guys uh want to have you have a special undertaker moment memory you'd like to share feel free to do so call in anytime to tonight's live wcb retro podcast at 914-338-1885 once again that number is 914-338-1885 so yeah good stuff man so with that Let's see here, right? Try and get something here. But, uh, yeah, tonight's The Undertaker Night. We'll be talking more wrestling news as, as well as as it develops. Uh, lots lots going on in the industry, no doubt. But uh, as we get approach uh, Halloween week next week, definitely should be interesting for sure. Uh but, um, yeah, yeah, if you'd like to call in, feel free to call in anytime to tonight's live WCB Retro Podcast, 914-338-1885. I'm the number is 914-338-1885. A special shout-out, if you will, to um, to all my Spotify and iTunes listeners. Thank you guys for uh, your support and keep on listening supporting the network and listening in for sure. Um, <clears throat> but with The Undertaker, man, uh, gosh, I uh, I know uh, I've enjoyed my time hanging out with The Undertaker and 
uh, his cousins. <laughs> and it was a good time. I, every time I would see them walk in, I, I would just call them like redwood trees because they, I mean, they're so tall when they walk in. And, uh, but uh, just a great guy, no, no doubt. And uh, uh, a man's man who, who always cares about the business, truly cares about the wrestling industry. So, yeah, always a good time with the Undertaker. Oh, goodness. All right. But if you'd like to call in, feel free to call in, 914-338-1885. Once again, the number is 914-338-1885. Yeah, it was a good time on uh, In the Room this past Tuesday with Brady Hicks, uh, Matt Grimm, and Kathy Fitzpatrick. Uh, we had we had a blast as always uh, talking about different things, you know, current wrestling news and and industry and so forth. It was always always a good time to uh, to talk uh, talk shops here in the room. One of my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, moments of the week. You know, talking about in the room. So, uh, yeah, really, uh, really good stuff. Always a good time. So if any, if you're not doing anything Tuesday night, you should call in in the room every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, com. It's always, it's always a blast. Always a blast. So with that, we'll be taking a commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk Undertaker, but so much more right here on... WCW Retro, so stay with us. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Frank Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and 
seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOT Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is a switch to the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major fads as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein with the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. 
the worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back, guys, to WCW Retro, Papa's show here to Maestro Wrestling. Tonight we're talking The Undertaker, plus more wrestling news here as always. And just a reminder, anytime you guys would like to call in to tonight. A live WCW Retro Podcast, you can do so at 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. So let's talk to The Undertaker, shall we? Let me get over here. Hang on one second. All right. Let's talk to The Undertaker. Here we go. Undertaker, uh, of course, you know, mentioned Mark Calloway. Uh, born March 24th, 1965. Better known as, of course, the ring name Undertaker. Uh, it's one of the greatest uh, wrestlers of all time, no doubt. Uh, of course, he spent most, most of his uh, wrestling career in the WWE and, and best known for his critically acclaimed Dead Man Undertaker persona. And he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame 2022 this year, which was amazing, by the way, guys. It was, uh, if you get a chance to watch it, I mean, I mean it was like a master class of being inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, and, uh, you know, he still remains in contact with WWE and does special events for WWE every now and then and all that. Um, he, you know, Callaway began his career in uh, 1987 working under various uh, personas for world-class championship wrestling and other affiliate promotions. He became USWA, Unified World Heavyweight Champion, and WCWA, Texas Heavyweight Champion, during his time. After signing with World Championship Wrestling in 1989, he had a brief stint in the, in the mid-card as Mean Mark Calloway before joining the World Wrestling uh, Federation slash WWE in 1990. Uh, Calloway was rebranded as The Undertaker upon joining WWE at one of WWE's most popular and enduring characters. Dunga Taker is famed for his undead funeral macabre dead man persona, which gained significant mainstream popularity with with uh and actually won the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Award for Best Gimmick, a record setting five years in a row. The longest tenured wrestler in company history at thirty years. The Undertaker is one of the most prominent figures of the Attitude Era, a high ratings, envelope-pushing generation of the WWE in the latter 1990s, early 2000s. Callaway expanded on The Undertaker, uh, reaching out with the, with the persona, with, the, with a human side, uh, biker persona dubbed as the American Badass. Uh, Callaway later re- resurrected Dead Man in 2004 with elements of elements of American Badass Undertaker remaining. Uh, for for most of his career, the Undertaker was observed as a focal point of, of WWE's flagship annual event, WrestleMania, where he became esteemed for the streak, which I mentioned earlier. Podcast a series of 21 straight victories. He also known for Pairing with his storyline half brother Kane, who he had ultimately ultimately feuded and teamed 
off and on as the Brothers of Destruction from 1997 through 2020. During his wrestling career under the Undertaker persona, Callaway won the WWE Championship four times, the World Heavyweight Championship three times, the Hardcore Championship once, and the World Tag Team Championship six times. He also won the World Rumble match in 2007. He is one of WWE's most prolific pay-per-view performers, headlining several pay-per-view events, including WrestleMania, on five occasions. Amazing. Just amazing. And with that, man, this is uh, just, just, the ink, just some of uh, the great things Undertaker has done over the years. Uh, just, just amazing. amazing. What a great career he's had. Uh, just a reminder, guys, if you guys would like to call in and give your favorite Undertaker moment memory or just talk wrestling shop, you can do so at night. 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. And, uh, but yeah, this, this is an amazing career the Undertaker's had. Uh, now, let's, let's talk about some of his earlier stuff, early years, right? In which, you know, you know Mark Calloway was born in Houston, Texas on March 24th, 1965. Um, he attended uh, Wall Street High School, actually. That way, he was a member of the football and basketball teams. He graduated in 1983 and began studying a basketball scholarship, on a basketball scholarship, if you will, in Angelina College in Lufkin, Texas, in 1985. He enrolled in Texas Wrestling, Wesleyan excuse uh, pronunciation, University in Fort Worth, Texas, where he majored in sports management and played as a center for the Rams in the 1985-86 years. In 1986, uh, Callaway dropped out of the university to focus on a career in sports and briefly considered playing professional basketball in Europe before deciding to focus on pro wrestling. And some of his early career highlights. Uh, Callaway began training under Mad Dog Boa Sawyer in late 1986, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast. He he did dislike Sawyer, who reportedly lacked a commitment and provided a limited education. Callaway learned on the job thereafter, performing under a mask as Texas Red. Callaway wrestled his first match on June 26th. June 26, 1987, World Class Championship Wrestling, losing to Bruiser Brody at the Dallas Auditorium. He was accompanied in the ring by Percival Percy, quote unquote, Pringle III, who would later serve as his manager in the WWE as Paul Bearer. Two myths have circulated regarding Callaway's beginnings in the industry. The first being that he made his in ring debut in 1984, and the second, that he was trained by former WWC colleague Don Jardine, a.k.a. The Spoiler. While never trained by Jardine, Callaway was an admirer of his work and, and would emulate Jardine's top rope walk. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I think I've mentioned this in the past, that uh, Jardine's influence as a spoiler on uh, The Undertaker. Uh, PY Insider's Mike Johnson stated, Undertaker using some of Jardine's style eventually 
that he was trained by Jardine. Yeah, I can see what what happened. In 1988, uh, Callaway joined Continental Wrestling Association, which became part of the United States Wrestling Association, USWA, after Jerry Jarrett bought WCCW and merged the two organizations into one. Uh, Wrestling under several personas on February 2nd, 1989, managed by Dutch Mantel. He was reintroduced as the Master of Pain, a character fresh out of the United States Penitentiary, Atlanta, after serving five years, much in solitary confinement for killing two men in a fight. After his second match, the next week, he stayed in the ring by challenging USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champ Jerry the King Lawler in an impromptu match. The Masters of Pain easily dominated Lawler until Mantell entered the ring and called him off. Lawler agreed to a title match, and on April 1st, the Master of Pain won his first professional wrestling championship. He held it for just over three weeks before Lawler regained the championship back. Interesting stuff, man. What? What a uh, what a some great insight on some of his earlier uh, accomplishments in his career. Um, let's get uh, let's get back to it. This is this is really good stuff. Uh, World Championship Wrestling, from 1989 to 1990. In 1989, Callaway joined World Championship Wrestling, and uh, let's see, hang on a second. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was on the roll here. Uh, joined World Championship Wrestling as a villain and adopted the ring name Mean Mark Callus, a name devised for him by Terry Funk. He was portrayed as a sinister force wearing predominantly black ring attire and was described by announcer Jim Ross as having a fondness for pet snakes in the music of uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Callus was promptly drafted into the Skyscrapers tag team to replace a legitimately injured Sid Vicious, and he made his debut on January 3rd, 1990, in a match later televised against Agent Steele and Randy Harris. The the new team gained some notoriety at at Clash of Champions 10 when they beat down the Road Warriors after their match. The Road Warriors are actually quite impressed with this. However, Callis' partner... Dan Spivey left WCW days before their Chicago street fight against the Road Warriors at WrestleWar. Callus and the replacement mass skyscraper were defeated in the street fight, and the team broke up soon after. Now a singles wrestler, Callus took on the guidance of Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman at the time, and defeated Johnny Ace at Capital Combat and Brian Pillman at Clash of Champions. Callaway later began shooting WCW after being told by company booker Ole Anderson during contract renewal discussions that nobody would ever pay money to watch him perform. 
gee, have we heard this before? Uh, cough, Steve Austin, <laughs> etc., among many others. Uh, it, it was response to that that Callaway sought to achieve more note, noteworthy success in professional wrestling by making numerous efforts to join the world wrestling entertainment, going to many links to land a meeting with Vince McMahon. However, accessing and securing an interview with McMahon was described by Callaway as a dis- despairing task. After routes, Callaway took to land a meeting with McMahon was trying to convince individuals acquainted with McMahon or already existing WWF, WWE talent to recommend him into the WWE such as Hulk Hogan, Paul Heyman, Bruce Pritchard, etc. Well, Lincoln on the home with Hogan in a small role as Hutch during the making of the Suburban Commando, uh, Callaway was able to get a recommendation sent to McMahon from him. Hogan's effectiveness is questioned because he was reportedly on bad terms with McMahon at this particular point. In 2014, however, Hogan publicly took sole credit for Undertaker meeting McMahon and began empl- becoming employed with the WWE. Hogan shared that he had the Undertaker's cast for the Suburban Commando movie role, and while taping in the movie in 1990, he decided to introduce Callaway to McMahon. According to Hogan, if it was that in that meeting, he sat up between the three of them that Vince McMahon took to Callaway and decided to call him the Undertaker, right then and there, in front of Hogan. However, the Undertaker was sh- has shared a vastly contrasting account from Hogan, rather crediting WWF executive Bruce Pritchard and Paul Heyman for landing in to, him into the meeting with the man. So, a little conflict of interest there, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting how that all plays out. No doubt, right? So, uh, but yeah, guys, so once again, if you want to uh, jump in and uh, give your favorite Undertaker moment, memory, touch, talk, wrestling news, feel free to do so. And with that, let's get to the callers. All right. Uh, This is uh, Professor Steve. Professor Steve, welcome back, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Just listening in. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the Undertaker night, man. I'm, I'm sure you got some cool Undertaker moments. You like to share? Uh, most of them with uh, Mick Foley. I mean, he had the, not just the Hell in a Cell match, but the Buried Alive match, too. Uh, in your house. Wow, they had some, you know what? They they had some great chemistry. No matter what type of match that they were put in, they had such great chemistry in the ring, man. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, like they just had all types of hard fought battles and when Taker was interviewed she said uh two of his toughest opponents were Mick and uh, Bret Hart. Oh that. man. There's another one, uh Bret the Hitman. Hart. I mean I, I I back during that time I, I used to love watching those guys go. I mean it was like two of the most all around two of the most all around best of that time. 
Good stuff. Um, I, I know. Well, I mean, the the matches he had with Shawn Michaels towards the end of Michaels' career was just amazing. I thought. Yeah, especially twenty five. Mhm. Just amazing. Um, and and I mentioned earlier, look, you know, he helped create a lot of stars too, as well, especially during the streak. For sure, just to have a match against them. And, like, even Ric Flair was honored to have a match with them at uh, 18. Right. Really good. I mean, I, I saw another uh, uh, one of the WrestleMania matches they had with, like, Mark Henry. That was really good. And, I mean, it it, it brought out the best of Mark Henry. And, I mean, it was not long after that that he started getting the big push, right? So. Right. But yeah, I mean it's. Uh, but he's helped create a lot of stars. I mean, I, I know he was a big influence on uh, Kurt Angle. He was getting going with WWE. Yeah, it's magic six. Mhm. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, we, we discussed a little bit about uh, his earlier earlier stuff. It's me, Mark. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 funny how. Uh, you, you think think back and you know his early uh, work with uh, Percy Pringle, who ended up being his manager later on with Paul Bearer, and then you had his uh, relationship with uh, the Godfather back when he was Soul Taker back in the day. And I um, mean, it, it's just right. it's it's funny funny how you know those guys kind of uh, came full circle with him throughout his career. Exactly. Yeah, I saw that um, Texas Red match, his debut match uh, for, like, World Class, I believe. And, uh, yeah, first he was with them at, at that point, too. Yeah. I, it, it's pretty amazing if you think about it. I mean, wow. And it's just, uh, and I mean, like, uh, to have the streak that he had, Yeah, it won't be duplicated. Have... And, no. and uh, Brock was already a kind of like legacy status going into that main match and made him. Right. Uh, I was kind of just I was disappointed with the Roman Reigns match, but it was just due to conditioning. But um, at least he got I got to see him close the show at WrestleMania uh, 33, so that was neat. Like seeing him main event. I, I wish they'd cut that yeah. match a little bit shorter, but it was yeah. just a cool thing and finish it. I mean, I, if you could imagine, like, if if a fresh Undertaker with a Roman Reigns would have, would have been amazing. Exactly. What a, just just amazing, and um, and 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 there's another guy that uh, Undertaker gave the rub to. I mean, Roman Reigns. I mean. It was like every time a lot of guys he's helped to the career after he they they would wrestle the Undertaker they would move on to be even greater than they were. Amazing stuff, man! I I, I would have loved to have seen the Undertaker and Bruiser Brody go at it. 
That would have been yeah, awesome. As an as a Undertaker, I think the closest we got to that as Undertaker and versus like Nord the Barbarian is kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, right. Similar persona. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh man, and 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 look at Kane, another guy that Undertaker's helped. Thirty years. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's another guy that he helped out thirty years. Kane. I mean, I mean, if if there was no Undertaker, there would be no Kane. You know what I mean? I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. if you think about Undertaker's influence over the industry over the years. Yeah. It's a big part of uh, Glenn's legacy of Kane, and um, I think he was just originally supposed to be a replacement for Vader, but I think, you know, they really struck gold with having Kane uh, probably one of the best storylines in WWE and wrestling in general. Um, And they would revisit that feud years later in tag team uh you know multiple times over so it was um just really great and uh kind of like that michael myers michael myers character with WWE and um right i'm sure jim Cornette and jim Cornette played a part in that too with booking him in smoky mountain and uh kind of uh influencing the debut of with the door mm-hmm. ripping and then sitting up like Undertaker. Yeah. It, it it's funny, you know, uh somebody mentioned that, you know, if it Mark had had a stayed with uh WCW that would what you know, what would happen. You know what? I I I really I honestly I really think that with with Mark he was just destined to be the Undertaker, if if he wouldn't have been the Undertaker in WWE, I think somehow, some way, he would be, end up being the Undertaker in WCW. I, I really do. I mean, I I could solely see him, especially when you had like the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan and all that. I, I could see him doing something with those guys. I could be, I could see him doing something with uh, with Sting or or. Like possibly when the NWO was forming, you know what I mean? I, I I can see that happening. And can you imagine if Taker was one of those people that left with Hall and Nash crossing over and you know being part of that? That would be <laughs> that would be amazing. But just so, but I you know I mean I just really think no matter where he would have ended up, I think he would have eventually been an Undertaker no matter where he went. It was just uh, it was a, a, a destiny thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I think he would have been similar to the biker character if he had been with NWO on TV. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean now, I mean look at him. I mean he's like he's like bigger in wrestling now. He's like crossed over into the social media mainstream, much like Ric Flair has done. So I mean he's pretty much an yeah. I mean name. he's introduced. He's he's like hanging out with. Uh, music artists like Post Malone and Pitbull is kind of like a mascot in a way. Right. 
It, there's an interview I saw. I don't know if it was a TikTok one or a YouTube one where he's talking with the uh, Snoop Dogg, right? And uh, just chatting about this and that. And they were talking about the time that Snoop Dogg went to WrestleMania and had, uh, brought his grill and had like a big cookout there at WrestleMania. <laughs> he thought that was ticker dog was the coolest cool. thing. Having having like a like a barbecue with the uh, Snoop Dogg there at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. Uh, I'm sure Taker Amazing might stuff. he might have hung out with Cypress Hill at one point. I believe he might mm-hmm. mention something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was great. Um, uh, I, we talked about bikes. We talked about uh, a bunch of stuff, and he, I mean, he was cool to hang out with. I mean, him is. I mean, his cousins were like trees. I just call them redwoods because they were like trees walking in the room, you know. <laughs> was he but playing yeah, great, cards backstage a lot then too? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was I was kind of learning how to cheat playing card games from uh, uh, Robert Fuller, uh, Parker, and <laughs> Teddy Long. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're Dude, they're pros. That's an that's another guy that got a rub and rubbed Taker was Teddy Long. They kind of like when he was general manager of SmackDown. His just just uh, announcing matches one on one versus the Undertaker like that like became a, a catchphrase like kind of a a meme. That Teddy would get you know, stuck with, stuck. Then right. team, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he also managed yeah, right. Taker. Uh, he also managed uh, Taker in WCW, I believe, before he was Taker. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, so many people he influenced, and I really gave the rub to. Um, I would love to see him and the Great Buddha go at it during you know, when yeah. they're primed up. I wish so that they just think, gotten. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. I think he he did a, a few things with uh, Hakushi, but I just yeah, I believe he had a match was, with Hakushi and Michinoku Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you imagine him and Muda? Yeah, that's that's the dream match I would have wanted. Um, I even told uh, Bruce that in person, and I guess he said Muda wouldn't want to learn English. But again, if he didn't want to learn English, just hire Gary Hart, like just for a one-off. Yeah. With Muda, even if he didn't want to sign him long term, I think just a program would take her, and Muda just just a shot would have been would have been cool. Oh my God. Gary Hart and Muda in WWE would be amazing. Would have been amazing. Right. Man, so amazing. When they both go back to world class, too. I mean, the entrances alone for Undertaker and Muda would be incredible. <laughs> Some of the best entrances. Oh, for sure. And, and think think about I mean all the musical influences too I mean Limp Bizkit, uh, Kid Rock, you know I mean <laughs> some of his past entrances. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's probably the reason why Kid Rock's in the Hall of Fame is because Undertaker. Right. I'm surprised they didn't put Limp Bizkit in the Hall of Fame yet because Undertaker. I, I want, I'm surprised too. I'm really surprised. I mean, and once again, another crossover. You know, you got the mainstream, you know, music too. I mean, take, Taker's influence just uh, oh. reaches out. Speaking of music, Undertaker's themes, like the Ministry of Darkness theme, is probably one of my favorite wrestling themes and like underrated when it comes to wrestling. Oh, themes. it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. With electric guitar, yeah, really like. I think Ministry is one of my favorite versions of Taker, and it never gets mentioned in documentaries. They never focus on it, and maybe it's just because mm-hmm. it wasn't too long, and it merged. It got watered down eventually, but I think yeah. it's an underrated faction. Oh, absolutely. It, it, absolutely. it, gave, it gave the rub to um, Ron Simmons and JBL, too, before it became APA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, JBL's another one that Taker helped. Yeah, uh, Vizera. Uh, gang girl to an extent, but Vizera for sure. I wish the brew was around when the ministry was doing their thing. I would love to see a feud with the ministry and the brood, man. Can you imagine? Yeah, I think I think it could have been possible because Gangrel had the new brood with Matt and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And I think they could have feuded with Edge and Christian and Taker, like a six-man trio type feud. Or you could have Matt, had Taker brought- and just the Alkalites. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, another guy that he influenced, speaking of Brew, another guy that he, Undertaker influenced quite a bit was Edge. They also had that WrestleMania match from 24. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, with uh, an Edge, you know what? It was like right after that match with Undertaker is when he really started getting, you know, cranking with his career. Right. I mean, oh, having man. Undertaker match at Mania, I think that that's just as important as getting a main, getting a world title match at Mania, if not more. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, remember that match you had with CM Punk, too, that one year? Yeah, I think that was one of his last great matches at, at Mania. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really good performance on Punk and Taker. And I think I didn't want the streak to be broken, but I was kind of leaning towards it because Punk had been losing to The Rock up to that build. And right. I thought Punk needed a rub, and I guess just from having the match with him, he did get the rub, obviously, but, um, yeah, that was one of Punk's and Taker's, one of Taker's last good Mania matches, and that's like, I know they, I know he was caught up on wanting to be the main event, Punk was, but um, Mm -hmm. he kind of proved them right, or he proved himself right, that they should have went on last with that performance, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, 
that that match, I mean, was amazing. I, I was really surprised that wasn't the main event because I mean, it sure as heck felt, felt like it was. <laughs> and and the Paul Bearer build was great too. And like, um, and I think pe- people that knew him knew that Paul would have liked it too. Just being involved after, yeah, posthumous, posthumously, in that build up. Oh right, right. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that. That, that was a great one. I mean, I don't think that match gets enough credit when he had with uh, CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really good. Um, I, of course, we remember the one where he had like a, a twin brother or an imposter Undertaker. Remember that? That was uh, Brian Lee. Yeah, Undertaker match. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was something. I think that was Million Dollar Man managing the Undertaker. Mhm. Oh yeah. And and remember the time he had he wore the mask. Oh yeah, yeah. His, uh, um, yeah. I think it was Mabel that broke his oral bone, and he did have to wear a face mask, and it was kind of cool. Phantom of the Opera, like. It would have been cool if he yeah. brought it back one more time. It would have been cool if he brought it back another time. But, yeah, right. it was a unique look. It, it really was. It really wasn't. Uh, what's that show where they have, like, artifacts of wrestlers? Did he, did he yeah, the show? I think, I think it was WWE Hidden it, Treasures or something like that. Yes. Yeah, that's it. In which they they found the Undertaker's the mask we were just talking about earlier. No, it was most wanted oh. treasures, and the the most one thing wanted, that yeah, bothered okay. me a little bit, the, the one thing that bothered me was, yeah, the Undertaker stuff was great, but like you could just mm-hmm. tell that funeral director that was friends with Paul, he was really like not one to let it go, but like they're able to convince him, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was. That was pretty intense, like, when they were trying to uh, buy the urn that Paul left them. Right. Yeah. And they made a good – they made a trade, but it was like, whoa. Because, like, Paul was, like, a legit mortician, too, so. hmm It was interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the time that – um. Uh, what was it when they uh, ganged up the, on the Undertaker, put him in the, yeah Yokozuna and a whole bunch of people and put him in the coffin and then he made that big later on he made that big return with the lightning coming striking the ring. And oh all that. <laughs> yes, like he like kind of died but confirmed that he was going to come back. It was kind of neat. Yeah. Right. I love how they did it with the Tron video and the, the black and white filter and him levitating. It was, it was neat. Like, um, there had been nothing like that up to that point. Something that mm-hmm. supernatural and kind of grand. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was good stuff. The only thing close was like Papa Shango. Yes, Papa Shango. Papa Shango, man. <laughs> Gosh, that yeah, amazing stuff. Um, you know the match. 
he had with uh, Bray Wyatt that one WrestleMania. Yeah, you read my mind. It doesn't get enough. Yeah, and um, I think that was at thirty-one. Uh, I know a lot of people. I I would have loved to have seen Taker versus Sting, but that Bray Wyatt match was good because um, yeah, it was somebody younger who had had the eerie factor and. Um, Brock had his match at Brock was disappointing because he got hurt. So right. it was good to see him have a good comeback match with Bray Wyatt and get the win. Um, I wish there had been more involvement in the buildup. It was solely on Bray, but um, it was it was pretty cool that Bray Wyatt entrance was great with the scarecrows. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, just just the best part was when Taker sat up. And Bray Wyatt was doing the mm-hmm. exorcist walk, the spider walk. Yeah. And, like, uh, Taker sits up, and Jerry Lawler is, like, WrestleMania moment. That was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was hoping when all, when the Scarecrow was coming, I was hoping they would have a face-off with the Druids or something. That would have been pretty hot. <laughs> right. You know, I think John Moxley was actually a Druid at one point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it, much like you know, CM Punk was one of the gangsters for John Cena. In his right. <laughs> That's really cool. Oh, but, speaking uh, of yeah, extras, uh-huh. I know this is unrelated, but did you see that MJF William Regal promo? Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. Dude, like, so amazing. it's so funny. Uh, I'm not a performer. I'm not uh, but man, like that's the exact segment I would have wanted. Um, that was just great. Oh yeah, I was, I was um just a just a viewer at the Orlando NXT event, and I'm yelling at Regal like, "Give me a contract!" Just annoying everybody around me. So like, <laughs> just seeing MGF <laughs> had that moment, Regal was great. Oh yeah, and it it, it, it was. Really cool to see Regal like just admiring MGF's uh, mic work, right? And like he was really enjoying it, right? And then like you know, it, it's just like you know what? It's just like what Jericho said not too long ago. It's like eventually MGF is going to be a huge, you know, babyface. Eventually, you know what I mean? It's just bound to happen. Yeah. And with Regal. Saying what he said towards the end, it just—it's almost like you could see that's slowly turning around for MJF. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's slowly turning MJF towards uh, what Regal would want him to be. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good build-up to the Moxley match. And, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was just, it was, I, we've known for years that Regal was great, but I'm just glad he got another opportunity like this. And, like, this is one of Regal's best runs since NXT, you know. No doubt. And his NXT run and Blackpool Comic Club just been great. Oh, it, it sure has. I mean, I, I've, I've been enjoying all of Regal's stuff thus far in AEW. 
But it, and, that, um, Matt, that pro with MJF was just amazing. My, my God, it was just so good. I love that he went right back at him and told him that at 16, 17, he was working carnivals and getting beat up. Like, yes. And the the fans, the fans there, they don't get it. They don't, they, um, they're booing Regal. No. <laughs> he, he, well, the thing was, the reason why he couldn't be hired is because they could, he had a, an edict that he couldn't hire anybody under 25 because of rental cars. So I mean, right. it was, it was literally not his decision. No, his hands were so, tied. Exactly. But yeah. that was some great storytelling with the emails. Oh, wasn't it, though? It was amazing. Oh, my God. But MJF, he just kills it every time. He just nails it on the money. Right. Good stuff. I'm, I'm excited for him and Moxley. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I'm, I'm really sorry what happened uh, to Adam Page, though. Man. Yeah, it's see that. it's interesting. Yeah, because um, obviously uh, that was unexpected and it looked like an accident. But it, um, mm-hmm. in a weird way, I know this could sound bad, but this is like it makes Moxley look more legit going into that yeah. match. It, in a mm-hmm. in an unfortunate circumstance, it, it just makes Moxley look even like like a bigger threat <laughs> as champion. Um, right. As messed up as that is, it's like, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad it was just a concussion or a stinger. Um, and not yeah. worse. Cause that was my fear. It's like everybody's fear is that he was going to, you know, be like Biggie and have a neck issues. Yeah, right. I'm glad right. he's all right. Absolutely. But it just, like you said, it makes Moxley got much of a stronger threat. Going mm-hmm. into the match with MJF, and it put, it puts over his monster lariat pretty pretty darn good. <laughs> you know right, I mean? it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like Stan Hansen, where he broke Bruno San Martino's neck, and obviously he, nobody wants to break the top guy's neck, but it just makes right. Hansen a, a bigger deal. So yeah, man, that that match is going to be something. Moxley and uh, MJF, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, I can't wait for Moxley and, and MJF to to. I mean, they've already been trash talking, but to kind of play 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 it up more, like they like Regal did with MJF is great. And mm-hmm. I love I love the 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 use of the knucks and the diamond, just um, having that in their pocket. Oh yeah, it's pretty neat. And MJF looks in incredible shape now, man. Wow. Oh, definitely. He looks like he's he's bulked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, it'll be and and what what? Uh, I forget the name of the uh, the event they're going to be uh, headlining. Uh, full you know gear. Called? Full gear, that's it. Full gear, full gear. Yeah, that that's keeping up be pretty good. Uh, have, they, have they announced like some of the other other matches yet? You know of full gear other than that one? I'm trying to look it up now. I, I didn't. I I didn't see. No, that's that's, that's the only that's the only match announced 
so far, but I'm sure it'll be oh, okay. a decent card. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope so. Uh, I mean, God. This is NJF and uh, Moxley, that already sounds like a really good show. Mm-hmm. When's the next one for WWE? Is it Survivor Series or Crown Jewel? Probably Crown Jewel, right? I think it's Crown Jewel, yeah. Okay. Crown Jewel. That that's the one with uh, Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, right? And then they have uh yeah. the roots in the perium. And they have like a brawl or something going on. Or a uh, not, it's not heard, but if that's true they'll be good if if there is. Yeah. I hope so. If it's anything like that one from the last pay per view, man, that match was great. <laughs> right. I mean, darn near stole the show, honestly. <laughs> right. Stole it from the opener. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Survivor Series will probably be after Crown Jewel. Um, I know they uh, they said that. Uh, did you ever have a, a match uh, with the uh, Taker or like on the on the card that Taker was on? Oh, with uh, yeah, yeah, I was on an event that he was on. Well, quite a few of them actually. He was on, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, he was uh. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it's always cool to hang out with him and and stuff, and uh, just you know, just a great guy. You know, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, he's not. Taker was like, uh, you know, he wasn't too outspoken, but I mean, if you approached him and talked to him, he'll talk to you. You know what I mean? Another guy he was influenced is uh, Baron Corbin, I believe, and so some of the big guys like he's been brought in to work with very big guys in WWE and uh, right. Baron talked about that on Jericho's podcast, and I even asked Baron about Taker because I mm-hmm. heard about him his influence on Baron. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, you, you you could see in Barron's uh, body of work. I mean, you could see a lot of Undertaker influence there. Um, I think Lance Archer reminds me a lot of Taker, just because he's huge, long hair, tattoos, Texas, does the bring uh, rope walk uh, similar with the moonsault. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really wish since um. Since Luchasaurus is but Christian, I I know mm-hmm. I don't know if Jake Jake Roberts he might be having health issues he might be better now but um, I wish Lance Fercher and Luchasaurus had worked together. I think they would be the mm-hmm. closest thing to a Taker Kane duo in AEW. Is oh, I'm glad Luchasaurus has yeah go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, can you imagine them as a team? Especially now that Luchasaurus is kind of evil and has the whole black getup and the pyro, he just he reminds me of Kane even more. And like right. um, 
Lance just has that that size and agility of Taker. So I think those two would be a good duo. Oh, they'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, um, they're like versions of Road Warriors or something. <laughs> exactly. That would be awesome. Yeah, they should, they should totally do it. I mean, I, I think it'd be great. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, God, uh, uh, man. But uh, Randy Orton was another guy I was going to mention that Taker had a little influence, I think, on him. For sure. Orton yeah. had a match with Randy with Taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, I remember... Um, the build, I think it was the build for the match with Orton and Undertaker. Remember the segment with Jake Roberts? On, um, yeah. Uh, Jer- Jericho, Jericho's little um, talk segment. Yeah. Talk is, or, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I remember when Jake took that D, uh, the RKO, Morton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jake was another guy that Taker worked with before Jake went to WCW when he had that match at Mania. Oh, yeah. I know uh, Jake's talked many times about how he enjoyed working with uh, The Undertaker, right? And wished that he could have done even more, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think I think that would have been a great feud. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, obviously, Jake influenced Taker. He's talked about that, too, publicly. Right. I remember how that feud, feud got started with him and Taker because it, it was just wrapping up the feud that uh, Jake had with Macho Man. And uh, right. Jake Jake was getting ready to hit Savage with the chair as he went through the curtain. But instead, it was The Undertaker. <laughs> so that, that feud got started. Well, that's great. Good stuff, man. Yeah. And and Paul Bearer even had a talking segment show, the funeral parlor. That was yeah. pretty neat. Oh, they they had all kinds of you know, going on. I wish um I wish Dan Hamilton was around when Paul Bearer was still working because like I think that would have <laughs> been funny. Seeing uh, Paul oh, react. Oh yeah, I think that would been great. I'm surprised they don't give Dan House and his own like talk show. Yeah, I think kind of like that. Yeah, it would be funny. Like I know they do. They gave RJ City one for like uh, the internet, like a like a kind of like AW. Uh, it's like a between two ferns type show. I think Dan yeah. House recently done some stuff with RJ City that's kind of funny, but like. It just would have been hilarious if Paul Bear had been around and did something with, yeah. with Dan. You, you remember the funeral parlor bit where Jake had slammed the casket on Undertaker's hand he couldn't move and he tried to attack him with a chair? <laughs> I might have to go back and watch and, that one. And the whole time, even, the, even him nailing the Undertaker from behind with Undertaker's hand caught in the casket, Taker didn't let like go down. He still... You know, he 
Right. He registered the chair shots, but he still didn't like go down each time. He's trying to still trying to pull his hand out of the casket. <laughs> that was amazing. What a few dead. But yeah, I, I would love to see a Dan House and have his own like show, kind of like uh, Paul Bearer's. Because he's he's done the Svenguli show, so it'd be funny if he did something similar. And just have him like have different guests. That'd be such a cool AW segment if we'll do it. I'd love to see Dan Hales and the Kip Sabian as a tag team. I know they did hook in Dan yeah. Hales and it worked, mm-hmm. but they they brought in they brought in the action bronze and stuff and like hook is he's 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 going to be a big star on his own. But like, I think Dan Hales and the Kip Sabian would be funny because they're both wacky. Oh yeah, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> that would be, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. See, um, yeah, AEW uh, should do more cool things like that, though. You know, with characters like Dan Housen and stuff. Yeah, I think they had, they had him with the best friends, but it would mm-hmm. be neat if he did more stuff or it was more focused on him and not just a part of a big group. Right. The the hook, the hook stuff was, like, the best stuff that Danny Housen's done, besides, like, you know, doing stuff after after the shows or on online, but... Right. I think they could do something similar with Danny Housen again or somebody else. Without, I'm, I'm surprised they never, haven't done anything like that yet with, like, Orange Cassidy have his own, like, show. <laughs> I think because Orange doesn't talk a lot, I think he'd be yeah. like a good talk show side. He'd be like a sidekick because he doesn't talk right. a lot, but then when he does say something, it'll be great. <laughs> He's kind of like the Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson or something. Right. <laughs> mm. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, but, you know, like... Like you used to back today, you know, we had the Jericho show and you had even like the Kevin Owens show and, you know, Chris Piper's pit and all that, right? And Jake mm-hmm. Jake had his snake pit deal one time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, be cool if AEW can have their own versions of, you know, their own talk shows. Like, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, actual, number actual program. I'm sure they could. I mean, they got, you know, they got a pretty, some pretty good characters they can do do that with. And and Jericho would be a guy that oh, yeah. do that with because he's had his own the highlight reel of the show. Highlight reel, that's it. Yeah, that that would be really cool. Bring out with it. Jeratron five thousand nine thousand or something he called it. <laughs> the J. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah he 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 probably would could bring all that back. Yeah, that 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 would be really cool, especially you know I mean if he gets to where he, you know he's not wrestling much anymore, that'd be something really cool he could do. Oh, for sure. But I, I tell you, he looks great, man. He looks 
best shaped I've seen in a long time. Jericho the Yeah, this is a great run for him, like with the Ring of Honor title. I was kinda of disappointed that Claudio didn't hold it on longer, but I think yeah. if it leads to if it leads to a rematch, then it'll be probably worth mm-hmm. it because um he's still gonna be facing challenge he's gonna be challenging ROH champions. I'd love to see him have a match yeah. with Jerry Lynn, especially following his tombstone power driver that he did to, to Lynn. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, I've always been a huge Jerry Lynn fan, man. I mean, what, what an all-around nice guy, but, man, he's maybe, amazing. Maybe if he's cleared, because I know he's had neck issues, they said that, but, like, yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. great. That'd be a good match for sure. Right. Oh, that would be, that would be amazing. It's too bad uh, Nigel isn't doing this thing. McGinnis? You see, yeah, that's exactly what people speculate, too, is, like, if he's not signed with WWE, if he, if he can get cleared, that would be an amazing matchup. Right. Another guy he probably could do something with is uh, Jay Lethal. But he's a former champ. Oh, that's true. With... Um, Jericho, that, that, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, the promo stuff alone with Jericho and Lisa would be awesome. For sure. Yeah, there's a lot to work with there with him, you know, taking on former ROH champs there. Yeah. I think um, Christopher Daniels, I don't know if he was former champion, but I think that'd be a good matchup. Right. Even though Daniels was like an ROH original. Mm-hmm. Just Samoa Joe, too, right? Oh, for sure. I think that would be a good... That'd be a good guy to have it. Like, if if Joe doesn't have the television title, I could I could see him having the world title. And I'd love to see Samoa Joe Claudio match in AEW. Oh, gosh, yeah. No doubt. That that would be that would be really cool. And what was if well FTR, I get are, are they still uh do still have the trifecta championships going on? The three they, they're titles, the or? ring they're the Ring of Honor champions still, I believe, and I think they were talking to um Sorbonne Gloria last time I saw them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, and now that they claim they're like the AW Tag Team Champions, it'd be interesting who steps up, challenge them other than uh, Swerve, Swerve, and uh, Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got be be great to see an FTR acclaim match. For sure. They should do that, for sure. That would, that would be really cool. And, but, yeah, a clean, man. I mean, they're, boy, look how far they've come. <laughs> yeah, I got super, super popular and, and kind of made Billy Gunn uh, popular again, too. Right, right. And there's another guy that's wrestled The Undertaker, Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy is deceptively big, so 
I could see him matching up yeah. with Baker just size alone. And he still looks great. My God. I, mean, I think he's no, like found the sure. fountain of youth or something. Fountain of youth or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> him and Al Snow, uh, they kind of de-aged or, or just right. progressed, you know. They both look amazing. Exactly. I got to see Billy Gunn wrestle Al Snow and, and Virginia Wabeck. That was neat. Yeah. Yeah, he's, good. he's a great guy, too. That's a great guy. That's another guy. I would love to see Al Snow have worked with Taker in a bigger, in like, in a big match. Or uh, I think Al and Downhaven would have been a funny duo. Or just have a right. one-off segment. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really surprised that, uh, he didn't didn't have a, a a good solid feud with the take Undertaker because I'm I, I mean I think it was Big Boss Man that Al Snow had a feud with right a while back that was really exactly good. it's kind of infamous yeah. <laughs> Doug Kennel right but um but yeah I think there was a, t- a time when Al was heel and I think uh, it would have been neat. Had he, if Taker still had the urn, like if Al took the urn, or if there mm-hmm. was some urn head play involved, I think right, it would have been a neat one-off feud. Yeah, it would would have been that would have been been, been really cool because I I think Al would have been a, a great guy to feud with with Undertaker. The the biggest one for me would take her besides Muda and Sting. Sting's the biggest one for a lot of people, but um, mm-hmm. Malachi Black. I think he should have had a match with Taker, and I know it's because he's in NXT, but um, and AJ Styles benefited. Just he was there mm-hmm. at the right time. I had that last match with Taker, mm-hmm. even though it was pandemic era. Um, mm-hmm. I think at Taker they just. I think Taker and Malachi could have had the same exact type of match where it's cinematic, and it would have been great. Oh, but gosh, AJ can you worked out too. Mm-hmm. I, wow. I think that's why I think that's why Sting left for AEW. It's just he probably would have wanted a cinematic match, especially won't Taker, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think Malachi could have been one of those other guys that could have done a cinematic match and Taker, like AJ did. Oh, totally. Oh god, that that would have been tremendous. Like I said, AJ got the rub from that for sure. Um, I mean, oh yeah, what a that was great. what a cool theatrical match that was with him and Undertaker. Yeah, it was it was like a mini movie. And 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 the the memes alone from that match is, is still going on today. You know, where Undertaker is rising yeah. above. The memes, <laughs> like the ones, the ones where he's behind, yeah, where he's behind AJ, and AJ's laughing, like always memes of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's amazing. Oh man, that, no, yeah, that, that, but it was really well done too. Yeah, for sure, the production was great. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that Undertaker and Bray Wyatt had 
one of those theatrical type matches, honestly. I know a lot of people are kind of mixed about Bray Wyatt's Funhouse match with Cena, but very artistically well thought out. It was very psychological. I know a lot of people just brush it off as comedy, but it was very much a psychological uh, trip. And like, um, mm-hmm. I think I think Bray could have played off Undertaker's past rivals, and could have yeah. Uh, maybe Bray could have played some head games with Taker in a, in a similar fashion, where he kind of brings up Mick Foley. Maybe he does like you know how he did the Eric Bischoff cosplay. I think he could have done right. something with that that original Mankind character for just a segment match like that. It would have been interesting. They <laughs> would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's been so cool. Can you imagine Mankind and Ray Wyatt doing something kind of like that, like the like a theatrical deal? Yeah, oh, the man. closest we ever got was that fully themed confrontation. And right. that that really that really did and I know the fiend was kinda of botched by the matchmaking, mm-hmm. but Mick Foley really gave him the rub. Kinda of handing right. kinda of passing the torch un you know, unintentionally but like with that segment and getting uh the mandible claw being used by the fiend. And yes. um I liked Foley's I liked Foley's explanation about the reason why he used it was because he wanted to get inside the head of Undertaker. And that was mm-hmm. like such a perfect move for Bray Wyatt to adapt. adopt. Right. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. It makes you wonder now what they're going to do with uh, the, char- the characters now for Bray. You know, they, they, they showed him out in the crowd when his name keep made his return and and then like on SmackDown he, he does a to- total three sixty and thanks everyone for the support. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, if you ever seen the movie Split that uh mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan, that's that's a road I think they can go down where he's got it's like Mick Foley in a way where he has the split personality. Right. Right. And I, I wonder if 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 the, the like the white six or Wyndham six or whatever uh, called with with his personas. I wonder if these are the actual uh, references that he, he was talking about when he was make, talking about that in terms of his Twitter. Yeah, that's one of the theories. I know a lot of wrestlers are teasing that they want to be in a faction with them, but it could just be a the personality manifestation, but we'll see. Um, it seems like a lot of people just want to be in the faction with them. It, it's funny. Um, a lot of people shit on Bray. He's been language or, or like the theme, like just how he's been used or the cinematic stuff. But a lot of these wrestlers, they want to work with him. Carrying Cross, Alexa Bliss, they've all pitched. They all throw their names in the hat to work with him. So that alone tells mm-hmm. you like, um, how valuable he is. Right. And I don't know, the, you know, the way Liv Morgan's been acting here lately, she could be somewhat involved, if you think about it. I'm sure she wants 
I'm sure she's even went to Twitter. A lot of these wrestlers are campaigning to work with them, and it wouldn't surprise me if Liv was one of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, this, you know, you mentioned Cross, too. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. And what what's the guy from NXT that kind of does something similar? Um, What is his name? He's got, like, a sinister look about him. Sorry, oh um, I can't think. I can't. I can't think of his name. But I think you probably know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about someone from NXT? Yeah. Joe Gacy. Gacy, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. He, Joe Gacy. I know. Like um, we've talked, or you know, on the, on the other show that we. Talked about how he's similar to Bray in a way, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets involved with him. Right. That could be a possibility. And and it's cool because you know, I I really think right now with uh, the champ Roman Reigns, he needs he needs fresh solid challengers. And you know, Bray it'll be interesting because. Bray has gotten a very fan favorite response, so mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see how they go forward. Because um, um, Reigns, he's kind of been he's kind of been more fan favorited because of the whole Tribal Chief stuff and Sami Zayn. So if Bray mm-hmm. is a villain, then he'd be a natural villain for Roman Reigns to face. Or if Bray is sinister and Villainous, then Roman could be another guy. You could, you know, exact opposite. Roman could face him that way too. So, it'll be yeah. interesting. And and I'm actually see where uh, Sami Zayn goes with all this. He's been doing with the bloodline. <laughs> yeah, because one of the Usos doesn't trust Sami, so uh, maybe maybe the Usos turn on Sami, or Sami turns on them, but. Yeah, there's no clue right now. Right. Right. It, yeah, I, I'm, like, it's so far, it's like one of the best things they've got going on the television. That whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and the, the people, they love Sammy. <laughs> it's funny because... It reminds me of Owen Hart when he was in the Nation of Domination. It also reminds me of Chase Owens in the Bullet Club. But for some reason, the Sami Zayn, uh, Travel Chiefs stuff, just it's gotten big reactions. Right. God, I would love for the Owen to have been around with Sami Zayn. I, those oh, two for together sure. Be <laughs> they would have been magic. They're both amazing wrestlers. Just for their mm-hmm. ability, and then also personality-wise, it would have been hilarious. No doubt. You know, uh, some matches in the past that I, I still think are, are underrated or overlooked it was the matches with uh, Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart. I mean, those they, they had some amazing matches. Yeah, I think um, I'm sure those are great, and. Uh, I think Chris Hamrick even said he loved working with Owen. He liked working with Owen more than Brett. Mhm. Yeah, I I believe it. I mean, 
because I, I, you know, Owen's so talented. I mean, he can do anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, so, Steve, do you um, you got you got anything you want to plug? Uh, you got any uh, cool um, stuff coming up with events and uh, pro wrestling interviews? Uh, nothing planned this uh, Sunday, but yeah, we're just um, open forum pro wrestling interviews uh, at prowrestlinginterviews.com Facebook page, and you can find me at uh, Solar Steven on Twitter. Um, possibly looking into the AEW show in Norfolk on the 26th. That could be a fun show. Nice. Um, just, uh, yeah, l- waiting for more local shows. I believe December 10th is the Yorktown show, you know, next up for wrestling. So look up uh, them here in Virginia. But, um, yeah, so definitely glad I can call awesome. in and talk Undertaker. Um, oh yeah, thank 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 you so much. It's been a blast. You know, um, Taker did work, and uh, I think as Mean Mark or Punisher, Dice Morgan, I, I believe, and uh, they even tagged him with Scott Hall at one point. It it would have been neat had Taker worked Japan more like he did that uh, Hakushi match. So I think Japan would have loved <laughs> seeing that Taker character more over there. Oh gosh! No Especially doubt. like That's we out. said, Muda, but yeah. Oh, that 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 would have been great. Guys, I, I would love love to see a full fledged like we talked about with Muda and to Undertaker. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 have been super super cool. Super cool. I mean. Uh, the possibilities. I would have loved to see La Barca and Undertaker. <laughs> Mexico. Yeah, that would Oh gosh. Especially the, the, those like Michael Jackson cosplay entrances that La Barca used to do and <laughs> the <laughs> Undertaker's entrances. Oh man. That'd be tremendous. Um but yeah, I think Thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to catch oh. the archives of tonight's show on the WCNation.com. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I know you're wrapping up. Uh, since you were talking about Luchador, I, lo- I would love to see Undertaker versus uh, Pentagon Jr. That would be my Pentagon, yeah. dream Undertaker Lucha Libre style match. Yeah. Oh, it'd be tremendous. I think um, Pentagon just recently won a Master Smash match of uh, Volano at Triple Mania. And then Mexico City on the 15th. So, yeah, um, I think Pentagon could get a huge rub if he worked with Taker. And uh, also Jeff Hardy, that ladder match, probably one of Jeff Hardy's yes. best matches. But he got a huge rub from that. So, yeah, like we said, Taker gave a rub to almost everybody he worked with. And, uh, no doubt. yeah, um, thanks for having me on and talking uh, Undertaker moments. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. You can call in any time. Um, next week we'll be talking Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, and all his personas. <laughs> nice. So Mick Foley will be our topic for next week for sure. But uh, thank you guys. 
Thank you, Steve. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you guys have a great week, rest of the week and weekend, and we'll be back next Thursday talking Mick Foley right here on um, WCW Retro. And let's see. Let's see what I can uh, close out shop with here. Got all this stuff. All right. We're almost there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, next week we'll be talking Mick Foley right here on WCW Retro. So if you got any cool uh, Mick Foley memories and moments during his time, his many personas, feel free to uh, feel free to call in for sure. Let's see. Okay, we'll Sorry about that, guys. All right. We'll uh, close it out with some Jake the Snake. How about that? All right. Sounds great. See you guys next week. Thanks a lot. God bless. Take care.